welcome to 20-Minute Christian Counselor. My name is Rob Orem. I'm a pastor and a counselor, and in this podcast, I provide biblical counsel for the practical matters of life. So if that sounds interesting to you, and you've got about 20 minutes, I invite you to keep listening. Today I want to answer the question, why can't we communicate? Why is it that every time we try to have a serious discussion about something, we end up in a fight? Why does it seem impossible for us to talk about things that we need to talk about? This is a really relevant question. I do a lot of marriage counseling. And inevitably, we end up focusing a lot on communication. Why is that? Well, if you're good at communicating, if you have healthy communication, that is going to benefit every aspect of your relationship. The flip side of that, unfortunately, is also true. If you're struggling with your communicating, if you're not communicating well, if you're having unhealthy communication, that is going to have a negative impact on every aspect of your relationship. That's why it's so important. And let me just start off by encouraging you. If you're struggling in your communicating with your spouse, you are not alone. Okay, this is a very, very common problem. I've been married for over 36 years now, and my wife and I still don't have this perfected. Okay, we still have our areas we're trying to grow in and improve as well. So be encouraged by that. And by the way, I'm going to address this whole communication issue in the context of a marriage. But I want you to know if you're not married and you're listening to this, The truths and the strategies that I'm going to share with you today about communicating are really applicable to any relationship and will benefit any relationship, whether it's a marriage or friendship or with parents or with children or whomever, bosses, anybody. Okay. So there's good stuff in here for everybody. So why is this so hard? Well, The problem is nobody really taught us how to communicate well, right? Basically, we learn how to communicate with each other from what we've experienced and what we see around us. And unfortunately, there are very few good examples of communicating well. So we end up just emulating what we've been around and exposed to and experienced. And then we develop bad habits, You know, uh, let me give you an example of some bad habits. Uh, Avoiding conflict. Believe it or not, conflict in marriage is not a bad thing. In fact, it's inevitable. Everybody has it. And it can be good for your relationship if you can learn to work through conflict in a healthy way. Working through conflict in a healthy way can actually strengthen your relationship. So avoiding conflict is not a healthy response. Ignoring issues or ignoring your spouse, that's a bad habit. That's not helpful. Arguing, that's a very common habit we fall into, which can include yelling at each other, 
attacking each other verbally, name-calling, cursing, lying, accusing, all these bad habits that we can develop over time. Now, the good news is you can change habits. You can learn to be a better communicator, no doubt about it. But the truth is that it's going to take some work. You're going to have to be intentional about it. It's not just going to happen by itself, and it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. Think about it. You took years to develop the habits and get to the place where you are now. And so you're not going to change that overnight. It's going to take a while to turn that ship around to a better direction. So I want to start off and tell you some things that you need to stop doing, okay? And we're talking about when you're communicating with each other, when you're trying to have a discussion about something serious or intense intense or something you're passionate or emotional about. First thing you need to stop doing is you need to stop trying to win, okay? You got to remember it's not a competition or it should not be a competition. Ideally, you're both on the same side here. What do you want? You want a, a healthy, happy, God-honoring marriage, right? That's what you want. You got to remember that's what you both want. You're both on the same side trying to achieve that. So coming into an intense conversation, just trying to win, that's not going to be helpful for anybody or for anything. Right along with that, you've got to stop trying to be right. Or another way of saying that is you've got to stop trying to prove the other person wrong. Okay? Stop trying to justify yourself. Stop trying to make yourself look good or look right. Stop that stuff. And instead, remember, we're trying to solve a problem. We're trying to communicate here. And the other thing you need to stop doing is stop trying to hurt each other. This is when things get really ugly, when your spouse says something that's hurtful to you, and so you retaliate by saying something that's hurtful to him or her, and then things just escalate from there. That is never going to be helpful. In fact, when you get to that point, you need to stop. Nothing good is going to happen from that point on. So stop trying to hurt the other person. Even if you get hurt, it's not going to help your marriage. It's not part of your goal here to try to hurt the other person back. So those are just some basic things you need to stop doing. Doing these things is one reason why right now you can't communicate well. So now I want to share with you some specific practical things, some strategies, I call them, for you to implement in your communication. In fact, I really want to encourage you, if you're in a place where you can do this, get something to write with and write these down. All right? These are very practical things that you can begin to try to implement to try to improve the communication in your relationship. All right? Point number one I want to make. Communicating with your spouse isn't just a relational thing. It's not just about communication. How you talk to your spouse is really a spiritual issue. This is very important to remember and to understand. It matters to God how you talk to each other. 
Remember, you're both, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are both children of God. He loves you both. He created this thing called marriage. He brought you two together. He wants you to have a healthy, happy, Christ-honoring relationship and marriage. And a big part of that is how you treat each other and how you talk to each other. So when you say bad things to or about your spouse, you're really disobeying God. All right? Many, many times throughout the scriptures, throughout his word, throughout the Bible, he, he commands us to be gracious to each other, to be truthful with each other, to be encouraging to each other, to be kind to each other, to honor each other, and on and on and on. These are commands from God about how we are to treat one another and especially how we should treat one another in the context of a marriage relationship. So talking appropriately to one another is an act of obedience, an act of worship to God. Verbally mistreating or abusing each other is clearly an act of disobedience to God and is dishonoring to him. So that's one big overarching point I want to make sure that you understand. This whole issue of communicating with each other is a specific serious, spiritual issue. It has to do with a reflection of how your relationship with God is going. All right? The second point, I've already alluded to this. Remember, you're a team. You're a team. Ideally, you want the same thing. You're working towards the same thing. You're on the same side. And if you can remember that, even in the heat of an intense conversation, that is going to impact what you're saying to each other and how you're saying it. One filter could be, is what I'm about to say going to be helpful for us, for our relationship? Is it going to help bring us closer together or is it going to create a further division? And I know in the heat of the moment, that's hard to filter through like that. But if you go into your conversations with this mindset, it's going to help. We're a team. We've got things that we need to address, problems that are our problems that we want to work out successfully for the benefit of us. It's a we-us mentality, not a me-versus-you mentality. Very important to have that mindset. Third thing I want to encourage you to implement, and this is a hard one. When you're having these intense conversations, you need to focus on addressing one issue at a time, one topic at a time. What happens is when you get into an intense conversation, talking about one thing, all this other stuff from the past starts coming up. All this, this baggage, we'll call it, all these unresolved issues, all these hurt feelings, all these misunderstandings, they all start coming into this conversation. And before long, there's this huge mound of stuff that's just impossible to address. It's overwhelming. So what you need to do is intentionally be disciplined to try to focus on one issue at a time. And you need to monitor yourself about this. And you can also appropriately remind the other person about this if they start to bring in other issues. 
And again, this is a super difficult, but this is really important because if you deal with one thing at a time, you can talk that through, hopefully get that resolved, and then you can move on to another one. And in these conversations, other important issues are going to come up, and it's not like you're going to ignore them, but you have to table them. You have to set them aside. You can even verbally acknowledge, you know what, that is something that we need to talk about. I realize that's unresolved and it's something important we need to finish, but let's deal with this first and get this finished, and then we can move on to that. Another strategy, and this is kind of a a big one also. This comes from actually a verse in the Bible, James 1.19. He writes that, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. That is a verse that you want to write down and memorize because it's so critically true for healthy conversation and communication. Quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So let's break this down. Part one, quick to hear. That means you need to first be focused on your priority is hearing, is listening. And there's a big difference between listening and why you're listening already preparing your rebuttal or your defense and listening to understand. And that's what you need to focus on. This doesn't mean you agree with what you're hearing, okay? It just means you're listening to try to understand what your spouse is thinking and feeling and wanting and needing. You're just trying to understand that. And a big part of listening is looking like you're paying attention. So that means, you know, having eye contact. Turn off the TV, put down the book or the newspaper or the cell phone or the iPad and look each other in the eye when you're talking. And you know what they say about body language, you know, just look like you're interested, you're paying attention, that you're focused on what the other person is saying. And that's all going to help them to feel like you're trying to listen to understand. So that's the quick to hear part, the slow to speak part. So obviously you're listening before you're speaking. And here is a specific strategy, and it's very annoying to do, at least at first. And a lot of times I have couples do this in counseling, and it is a little frustrating, and I have to continually jump in and remind them to do this and help them to do this. But before you respond, after your spouse has said something, before you respond to what they say, you need to restate what you just heard. So you say, okay, I think what I hear you saying is da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Is that right? And this is really important for several reasons. One, it forces you to listen, to pay attention, to try to understand. Two, when you restate what you've heard, it helps the person who just shared to feel heard and understood. And then three, if you miss something or misunderstood something, it gives that person a chance to clarify. No, I wasn't saying this. I, I meant more this. So it really forces you to communicate clearly and specifically. So again, before you respond, you first restate, and then you get confirmation. Is that what you were saying? And then the other person says, yes, you got exactly. That's what I was saying. Then it's your turn to respond. Okay. Again, super annoying at the beginning. 
But if you both agree, hey, we're trying to grow and improve in our communication. And a part of that is we're going to try this strategy of restating before we reply. We understand that's what we're going to do. If you both get on the same page about that, uh, it's going to be really helpful. And, And actually, the longer you do this, you get more used to it. And then after a while, you won't even have to do it as much. But at the beginning, you have to be very intentional and very disciplined about this. The next thing, we're supposed to speak the truth in love. There's another great verse, Ephesians 4.15. That's another one to write down, to memorize, and to put into your mind for communicating. Speak the truth in love. So there's two parts to this, right? The truth means that you're honest. There's no manipulating, no hiding, no deceiving, no lying, but you're being honest. This is super, super important. And when you're speaking the truth in love, you need to use I statements. This is really important. This is another annoying strategy, but it's really good. Rather than saying, you always da-da-da, and you do this, and you never do this, and all that, instead you use I statements. And you say things like, I feel like you're always doing da-da-da. Or I feel like you won't do da-da-da. You're making it personal I statements that come across much less accusatory, much, much less attacking and condemning when you just say, this is how it seems to me. This is how I'm perceiving and experiencing this. So use I statements. And then you're supposed to speak the truth in love. This is super important. In love means that, again, you're trying to do what's best for your spouse, what's best for your marriage. You're trying to talk to your partner the way that God wants you to talk to him or her. Humbly, appropriately, in love. Truth in love. It's a powerful combination. And uh, one aspect of this I want to mention too, and I just broke this in some of my examples, try to avoid words like always and never. Like I said, I just broke that. Uh, But when you say always and never, those are very judgmental, absolute statements that don't leave any room for grace or progress or some success. So try to avoid those kind of absolute words when you're speaking the truth in love. So, another strategy, and this is another really important but very helpful one. If things start to get out of hand, let's say you're having a conversation, it's going well, but then your blood starts boiling, his or her blood starts boiling, things start to be said that aren't helpful and that are breaking some of these rules I'm talking about, take a time out. Both of you need to go into these conversations understanding, hey, if we start to lose control of this conversation, if we just start to get too intense, if we start to fall into some of our old habits, we just need to take a time out. We're not quitting the subject. Instead, we're going to take a break, try and go away, calm down. Maybe we need to spend some time praying and talking to God thinking through our own thoughts and feelings, and then we're committing to come back together at some point to resolve and finish this conversation. That is okay. That is okay to do. That's not even okay to do. It's really, really wise to do. 
Take a time out when you need to. Finally, or second to the last, sometimes you need some help. Sometimes there's been so much history, so many hurtful things said and done. There's so much unresolved pain and so many unresolved issues. You need someone there to help you navigate this kind of communicating. That is fine. Lots of people do. There's nothing wrong with seeking help, whether it's just a family member or a close friend or a pastor or a counselor, a professional counselor, somebody who you can sit down with, who cares about you and your marriage, whom you trust, who knows God, and who maybe has some gifts about listening and helping you communicate. Sometimes you need to do that, and that's important. Lastly, but definitely not least, you need to pray. In fact, this is something you need to do from the start before you even engage. You can be praying and talking to the Lord throughout the conversation. At the end of the conversation, always be praying. This stuff is hard. You can't do this on your own. None of us can. We need God's help. And he's there and he wants to help us. He created marriage, relationships, talking. He created all of this so he knows how he can help us if we will let him. And as you're talking and praying, I want to encourage you to come humbly to him and pray things like what uh, David uh, wrote in Psalm 139 when he asked God to search his heart and to show him ways in which he is wrong or in ways in which he needs to grow and change. Ask God to help you work on you and your side of the relationship and your side of the communication. But don't forget to include God from the beginning, through the middle, and even afterwards. Talk to God about it. Well, those are some very specific, practical strategies you can begin to implement today. But you have to be intentional about doing it. You can become a better communicator. Your communication can improve in your marriage, absolutely, especially if you allow God to help you. But it takes practice, it takes time, and it takes intentionality. And you can improve. Even if right now you're the only one in the relationship willing to work on it, you can still have a positive impact on the communication in your marriage just by working on your side of it and by being an example to your spouse to follow. And as you do that, God is going to bless your efforts. Thanks for listening today. If this has been helpful to you, please consider subscribing providing a review, and telling your friends. Also, if you have a question you'd like me to address, contact me at my website at roborum.com. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus. Jesus.